Despite the New England Patriots' 3-11 record, the Broncos, they face a deceiving challenge on Sunday night, Christmas Eve, against the Patriots, who have lost a multitude of games of only one score or less. That's why you can't look too much into the record. We'll tell you about the tell the tape, look at the matchup, and some things to watch for in this game specifically on Sunday. You're going to get all that here on Good Morning Broncos. Good morning, Broncos country. Welcome into a freshly brewed installment of GMB here on Mile High Sports YouTube page. Mile High Sports is every team, every day. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter here for MHS. The Broncos will have a very, very important game here on Sunday. We all have to treat it as if it is a playoff game. That's how the Broncos are treating it because if they win, they keep their playoff hopes alive. If they lose, they take a massive, massive shot. We're talking about single-digit percentage possibility of them making the postseason if they lose in Sunday's game here. So we'll break down all the action. We'll give you all the insight and all the intel you need to know going into the matchup here ahead of Friday's practice. Let's start things off with the injury report here. Obviously, for Wednesday and Thursday, we did not see tight end Greg Dulcich on the field for practice. We didn't see Nick Benito. I think we can, as we get ready for Friday's practice here today, I think we can draw the assumption that we will more than likely not see them against the New England Patriots. And I think that's okay here at this point because they opened the 21-day window for Greg Dulcich. I think internally the optimism is going to be that they're going to bring him back to practice next week. They're going to see where he's at. Nick Benito, I think, has a great chance of being back on the practice field going into next week as well as the team prepares to host the Los Angeles Chargers on New Year's Eve uh, and power field at Mile High we got holiday bowls here. I got the Christmas Eve game. We got a New Year's Eve game coming up, man. The NFL, they know how to schedule here. But on top of that, though, I think there's no rush to get Nick Benito back, right? Because here's the deal, right? Let's say, hypothetically speaking, the Broncos, they go through, they win these next three games. And let's say Nick Benito doesn't play any of these three games. Would you rather have Nick Benito potentially for that Week 18 game against the Raiders if the stakes are big? If the Broncos win that game, they're in the playoffs. Probably that's a bigger stakes there you want to you know be able to have there and you want to be able to have him for the postseason. If that is the scenario that the Broncos do, in fact, find themselves in if they take care of business this week and next week against the Chargers here. But I think the one thing we have to talk about here as it pertains to this Broncos team is that you have to be smart with it. Last year, Baron Browning suffered a knee injury in that Jets game last season, and the MRI didn't catch that there was something wrong inside of his knee. He kept playing. He made it worse. You don't want to have that happen here with Nick Benito. Nick Benito, obviously, as Sean Payton told us earlier on the week, it's an MCL injury. And look, he's been working on the side field. He's making good progress. But Bo Lowry, the team's VP of player health and performance, isn't going to rush him back. Nick Benito, as much as he wants to play, isn't going to rush himself back. His jump that he's made from his rookie year to his second year is impressive. And you don't want to put him in any jeopardy to risk that risk serious injury, because if your knee is not fully recovered, if it's not where it needs to be from a stability standpoint, you can suffer further damage to that knee. And I think that you have to protect your investment here in Benito. If he's ready to go, if he gets medically cleared, perfect. That's great. Find a way to get him in. I do not think it's going to be this week against the New England Patriots, considering he did not practice on Wednesday or Thursday. And even if he shows up to practice on Friday limited, I don't think that's enough for him to be ready to go out there and do everything that the game is going to require him to do. Now, for him, he's the team sack leader. He's got seven sacks on the year. He's got 11 tackles for a loss. He leads the team in that category as well, and he's doing it in a rotational role. 
So he is a special, special young player. You cannot risk your investment in him any further. If it were me, I would hold him out until maybe next week. Let's see what he does next week. Can he return to the practice field next week? That's got to be the biggest sign here. Same thing with Greg Dulcich. On the other side of that, the Broncos really good on the injury side of things. Samaje Piran had a vet's day off on Wednesday. He was back, full participant on Thursday. Will be a full go here on Friday's practice, more than likely. Uh, veteran tight end Chris Manhurts was limited, had a vet day, did individual drills, didn't do team drills. And then Mike Purcell had a vet day off and didn't participate in yesterday's practice in the Valley. But Jonathan Cooper and Alex Palczewski both upgraded from limited participants to full. So they are ready to rock and roll here for Sunday's game. Worth monitoring those. We go into Friday's practice here. Hunter Henry, DMP on Wednesday and Thursday for the New England Patriots. Got a knee injury that he's been dealing with. Uh, we already know that Cole Strain's offensive guard, he's going to be out for the season, was placed on injured reserve. Obviously, Trent Brown, one of their top offensive tackles, has been banged up. We got a couple injuries. He was limited in Thursday's practice in New England. But something to keep an eye on here, safety Jarrell Peppers, who's a big part of their defense against the run and in the pass, he was a DMP for two straight days with a hamstring injury. We'll see if he's able to go. I mean, we're going to monitor the the Patriots waiver, or not the waiver, but the roster news, and obviously their reporters and what they have going on here because they're going to practice this morning before Denver does. So we'll get a little bit of a better idea. If Peppers doesn't practice here on Friday, more than likely he's going to be out, which is a big blow to the New England Patriots defense, which is pretty dang good. It's been a big reason. They've actually been in it this season despite their 3-11 and record. So that's your injury report. Those are the things that you need to know coming into Sunday's game here. We're also, I think, going to dive into some other statistics here. I think when we look at the Broncos' defense, this is an opportunity for them to bounce back against the New England Patriots. And people are like, well, how do you bounce back against a bad team? That whole level of thinking is so casual football-minded. Like, it's the NFL. It doesn't matter what your record is. The, the reality is it's a week-to-week -week league. You could have a team who's terrible – Defeated team was really good. The Tennessee Titans defeated the Miami Dolphins just a couple weeks ago. We've seen this happen before in the NFL. And as we've said, the Patriots record is deceiving at 3-11. and They've lost seven games by one score or less so far this season. Think about that. You flip the inverse. They'd have 10 wins if they won those games on the other side of it. And look, some of those games were by six points. Some were by three. Some were by four. I mean, they were really in it, but their offense has been inept. And what do I mean by that? Well, let's take a look at the rankings, the categories here. The Patriots net yards per game. They rank 28th in the NFL. They're only getting 285.3 yards per game. Denver's offense isn't far off from them at 299. So you have the 28th offense in New England and the 25th offense in Denver. But you look at yards per play, 4.68 yards per play. That's good for 28th right now in the National Football League. They're dead last in the NFL in points scored per game, 13.3 points per game. That is abysmal. They can't run the football. More than likely, no Ramondre Stevenson in this game once again. 98.4 rushing yards on the ground. That's 25th in the NFL. Net passing yards per game, 186.9. That's 26th in the NFL. They've had 16 passes intercepted this season. That's 30th in the NFL. They've given the football away at a high rate, 22 times, 24th in the NFL, and they're one of the worst teams on third down and third down conversion percentage, 29th at 31.9%. Now, you look at the New England Patriots' defensive rankings. This is what stands out here. 
They are the eighth-ranked defense in the NFL in net yards per game allowed, 308.3. They're the fifth-ranked defense in the NFL in yards per play allowed, 4.82 yards per play allowed. They're allowing 21.4 points per game this season, which is 16th, but you can attribute that to the offense maybe turning the ball over and defenses scoring, or more than likely that the defense is on the field the entire game for the most part for the Patriots, and that is an issue that they've consistently ran into this year. Aside from that, the second-ranked run defense in the NFL, 84.9 yards allowed on the ground. They make it very difficult to run the football, and that's where this game is going to be decided, in my opinion, for the Broncos' offense. If they cannot find a way to run the football, they're going to be in trouble here against the Patriots on Sunday. So that is something to keep an eye on. And then obviously in the red zone, they tighten up. They only allow teams to convert at 47.6% of their red zone attempts, sixth in the NFL. So they are very stingy when it comes to getting in the red zone. They've been able to sack quarterbacks 29 times, not generate a lot of pressure, but as of late, they've been getting a little bit more. They've been bringing down, they brought down Patrick Mahomes two times for sacks. Denver's going to have to bring their A game here offensively. And to me, I, I just I don't know if I have confidence in that because we haven't seen Denver's offense play their best football yet. They've had moments where they've showed flashes, right? But you've never seen that. Okay, there's the flash, and here's where it sticks. They don't stay hot. It's it, something works one week and it doesn't work the next week. Denver has to run the football, which when you look at the New England Patriots, it seems like it's going to be a tough task to be able to do that. But they have to find a way. You can't allow the New England Patriots to just come in and dictate what you're going to do offensively. That's where we need to see the offense step up and have a better performance this week to help out the defense. And obviously, we'll get into the defense as well. The defense is going to have to have a bounce back performance. You know, Ezekiel Elliott right now is rushing for a very career low 3.6 yards per carry this season in 14 games. Not ideal. I think it'd be a different story about my level of worry if Ramondre Stevenson was playing in this game, but more than likely he's not. And that Patriots offensive line is a little bit banged up at this point too. So for me, I think the defense will get back on track here, especially if Hunter Henry doesn't play. That's going to be a big, big loss here for the Patriots offense if he's unable to go. So we'll continue monitoring that all throughout the way here on Good Morning Broncos. We'll also dive into some things that you need to watch for here from some player standpoints in Sunday's game. We'll get to that here in a minute. Broncos country real quick. Let me tell you about our friends over there at Superbook Sports, the sponsor of today's episode of Good Morning Broncos. Refer a friend and earn a $50 bonus this season with Superbook Sports. Superbook is the most trusted name in sports wagering, and you don't want to miss the refer a friend bonus. All you need to do is click on the refer a friend link under your profile on the Superbook app. Share the promo code with friends, and you will get a $50 bonus for everyone who registers using your code. So win money wagering and win money referring this season with Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com for terms and conditions. Gambling problem? Call 1-800. Gambler. What's up, guys? Kim Becker here with Mile High Sports. Make sure you guys are following us on social media so that you never miss a Mile High Sports daily. Monday through Friday morning, we'll post a video hosted by me catching you up on everything you need to know when it comes to sports right here in the Mile High State. TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it, we're there and we've got you covered for everything Colorado sports. All right, Broncos country, what are some things that you need to keep your eye on here in Sunday's game as you're watching it and you're looking at certain players? What do you have to keep your eyes out? It's so one thing I like about the Broncos weekly release packet. They talk about some of the things that some important metrics, either player or team things that they can accomplish in this game here. Now, if the Broncos win on Sunday, they need one win to reach eight for the first time since the 2016 season. It's been a while since they've won eight games in a season. They'll need to do a, be able to do that. Zach Allen, he's got five sacks so far here in the 2023 season. He needs one sack to set a single season career high 
of six sacks. Zach's been a great addition here to the Broncos. Got off to a little bit of a slow start early on in the year, but then once the Broncos defense started making some changes, he's thrived in a big way here. Will Lutz, we're going to keep an eye on him. Broncos kicker. He needs two field goals to tie the six most field goals made, which would be 29 by a Broncos kicker in a single season. That's obviously an interesting thing to watch considering how often, I mean, He'd probably have more points scored if the Broncos were to get in the end zone a little bit more than they have this upcoming season. Cornerback Jaquan McMillan, he's got seven tackles for a loss this season. He just needs one tackle for a loss to tie the second most TFLs, which is eight, by an undrafted NFL cornerback in a single season. So if he gets two TFLs, he's going to have the record there. Like His ascendance has been incredible to watch. And now that the the um, AP, the Associated Press, the All-Pro voting has opened things up as well to where they're now going to include a 12th position, which is the nickel, the slot cornerback. So you're going to have your two cornerbacks. You're going to have the slot as a new added voting feature here this upcoming year, which I think – Right now, Jaquan McMillan might be the favorite to get that, and we'll see if he has a big performance here against the New England Patriots on Sunday. I think he could solidify that. Justin Simmons, he's got 30 career interceptions. He needs one interception to surpass safety. Dennis Smith for the third most interceptions by a Broncos safety in team history. I think there's a good chance that Justin could get that. Bailey Zappi has been prone at times to throw the football into where there is traffic. Can Justin Simmons and the Broncos defense snag a takeaway? They need to generate more. They didn't generate a single takeaway against the Detroit Lions this past week. So that's something to keep an eye on here. Obviously, Alex Singleton's a guy who's all over the field here for the Broncos. He's got 139 defensive tackles so far this season. He needs 12 defensive tackles to tie himself which was he had 152 last year for the third most stops by a Bronco in a single season. Like for him, he is everywhere, wherever the football is at. Love the relentless motor and where he's just, he's consistently trying to find ways to track where the ball is and he's getting there. And I I think he's just been a great addition here for the Broncos. You look at another thing for him. He's got 10 double digit tackle games so far this season in 2023. He just needs one more game with 10 or more tackles to tie CJ Mosley, New York Jets linebacker, for who obviously had this accomplished in 2021, and DeAndre Levy back in 2014 to accomplish this for the third most double-digit tackle games by an NFL player in a single season. He's been all over the place with 10-plus tackles consistently. We obviously know last year he had the 21-tackle game against the Chargers. That was nuts. The 20-tackle game against the Rams, that was also a nuts statistic there. We'll get to Patrick Sertan, 34 career passes defense so far through his three seasons in the National Football League. He needs three passes defense to tie cornerback Delta O'Neill, who had 37 for the second most pass deflections by a Bronco in his first 48 games. Depends. Is Bailey Zappi going to try to test Patrick Sertan this week? I don't know if he will. We'll keep an eye on that. Cortland Sutton, 10 touchdowns so far receiving on the season. He needs one touchdown to become the 10th different Bronco to record at least 11 receiving touchdowns in a single season. That would be huge if he could do that. I mean, Cortland's ascendance so far this season, he's returned to form before when he suffered his ACL injury in the 2020 NFL season. Cortland has just taken the next level, and he's seen double coverage. He's caught the most improbable passes that you can think of, and he's excelled in doing so. He's become the Broncos' true number one weapon, and they got to continue to find a way to get him the football. Maybe we do a little bold prediction here. Can Russell Wilson get Cortland Sutton too? Touchdown catches 
here this Sunday. But anyways, Broncos Country, that'll wrap up today's episode of GMB here on Mile High Sports' YouTube page. We appreciate you so much for tuning in and rocking with us. We'll see you for the post-game report following the Broncos-Patriots game on Christmas Eve.